Oh yeah, Which let's record while we're while we're sitting here. Hey, we're recording this at the end of the episode, but it's going to go at the front of the episode because and it's mostly my fucking fault. Sorry. Um because this episode deals with Mpreg, we are talking at some points about sexual things and sexual content of a sexual nature. If you are under 18, don't fucking listen to it. On our si- we'll on know. system, we will know. We I'll will know. know. So, you know, you better watch out. You, you better, better watch, watch out. out. You, you better, better watch all right, Craig is here, everybody. And he's back and he's better than ever. I mean, we, I mean he's pretty much the same Craig, but you know. I can't, I can neither confirm nor deny if Craig is better. That's true. All right, I'm going to give you that one instead because my ET is already told me. Um, now, you might be wondering why I'm swimming around this vampire castle. And that is because I have chosen the Dawn Guard path instead of the vampire path. And so I cannot actually set foot on the castle property without being attacked by gargoyles. But we're trying to get to the gardens in the back. Damn, don't you hate it when you're just routinely attacked by gargoyles? <laughs> All right. So Ari has this mathematical theory. Well, I, not necessarily math. Well, it's like the, it's the th- you've made fun of me for it on the show. The thousand paper cranes thing when you're like, that's not real. And you're right. It's not real. Well, but the, th- the thousand paper cranes thing is so sad. It's so sad. It's not real. And she died anyway. I get it. But anyway, after spoilers. <laughs> I guess. I mean, I'm like, maybe at this point, if you've listened to this podcast, haven't you already watched JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? And that's a horrifying sentence. But Listen, I it's like, not, if it helps. Part six anyways. No, don't. We have, no, you can't, because that's the anime's coming out. That is going to technically be kind of a spoiler. We do have to, right. the anime's not I'm out. Gonna have to, then I'm going to have to believe that whole fucking You're going to have to believe the whole fucking All right, out. Ari has theory that if you listen to the song come, come sail, sail away, away 800 times i thought it was, 800. It was a thousand times but we've listened to it enough you said I, I 800 i did not say 800 i said a thousand like the thousand paper cranes if you listen to come sail away but we're about eight, times. we're about at 800 now just based on like uh, stuff. you you will Your bring character comes back to life so now we're trying to make it work for and we're trying to another, figure out how i have to believe that as well because that's a spoiler for people watching the show well, now you know how it fucking feels don't it but um, there's so much here that it has to. So, "Come Sail Away" is about six minutes long. Do we want to round it up to seven because it's more than six minutes. Well, no, because it's only six minutes seven seconds. Okay, so that's fine. So if we do that and we multiply that by one thousand, oh, Taraz is going to bother the chubby chubby chair. That is six thousand minutes. That's too many minutes. And if we divide that by how many minutes there are that's 100 hours okay that's seems- and if we divide that by 24 that's 4.16666 repeating so we have to listen to it if we listen to six, it six, six. about four and a half days that i think would probably cover them about cover it um so, so here's we- the thing i mean there's nothing in the rules that says you can't be doing other stuff while the song is playing but you can't just have it playing while you're like asleep that's cheating that is just cheating you have to but like it can other stuff on. can be going on, yes. Oh shoot. Tomas is big creeping. Oh yeah. So Ari and I are together and our cats are getting to know each other. Which is really funny because by get Phil is literally just laying on the couch right now in his little otter pose. Like he could not. He's been trying to be friendly with the Tarazi and Tomas, and they aren't being aggressive with him. They just don't they he's he's an older male cat. Like, get the fuck away from me. Um and I'm like, now you know how the fucking dog felt, Phil. All those years, he just wanted to be your friend, and you kept telling him to fuck off, and now you know how it feels. Shoe, other foot. Um, Damien is just sleeping. Sarah, are you here? No. Um, you were very, very faint. Yeah. Uh, I don't know I'm what so to sorry. do. Hold on. 
Wait, I'm in the wrong place. Communication. You can hear me chewing gum, by the way. Don't go go to No, I'm sorry. Package! Package! Can you hear me now? Unicorn! No, you're fine. I'm glad you're here. I love you. So what the fuck was that a reference to? The last what, unicorn, I'm what, assuming. What, what? Literally, what the fuck do you think it would have been referenced to? I literally just yelled the unicorn, like, twice! Well, I, okay, well, Discord says that I'm making noises. Hello? Well, I don't know if you guys can hear me. We can hear you. Well, we can now. Okay, okay, we're just gonna do whatever I'm doing keep doing it, because I don't know why it's not working. I apologize. I don't know why someone would be accused of chewing gum in The Last Unicorn. Was that? No, I because I was I was just pointing. Claude, what's wrong? Last Unicorn, the animated movie? Yeah. The one that we've also, again, if you've seen this podcast, you've seen this. Right, right. Hold on, I just have to go. It's a confusion. Oh, there she is. What's wrong, baby? Oh, yeah, my cats, known terrorists, decided to just leap all over me and Mia last night, like, literally just waking us up to run across our faces and then leave the room. And it's just like, I am so sick to fucking death of you two. Knocking over their food dishes because they're trying to scratch at the floors to mark their stupid little territories and... They're having, they're having a, they're having a time. They're actually doing very well, actually better than when we moved. I'm glad they adjusted and the car ride up was much more pleasant, but I'm also like, why did you have to wake me up at 4 a.m. for this? And how many cats are there total now? Between four. all of you? Well, all in the okay. house right now, four. Okay, okay. Oh, yeah. The second I thought that was the third one, and I was like, wait. But no, it is big enough. Oh, you didn't get me a seltzer? I didn't know you wanted one. Could you go get me a seltzer? What flavor would you like? It doesn't matter. Do you want to share this one? Sure, I'll just have a sip of yours, as long as you're cool with it. Yeah. I don't need a full one, but... I just get you one when I get up Okay. My mom gave us a whole thing of seltzer. I don't really know why. I'll probably just make sure we were doing it. Why okay. not? Oh, she's leaping after that Maybe fly. Drink with it. That is true. The number one thing about Gloucester, Massachusetts, is that there are more bugs here than I am used to, and my kibbities are trying and failing. To hunt them down. Yes, kill it. Kill it. Kill, kill, no, kill, no, kill. Don't destroy light kill, kill, kill. Do not destroy the light. Just need a, you need a frog. We do need a frog. Like that one video where the frog is just being held by the frog's owner and the frog just licks everything off the wall and eats all the bugs. That's adorable. That's actually an extremely smart idea. That's a great use for I should have got a frog that. when I lived in my apartment from hell with all the stupid roaches. Oy, I'm so sorry. So, how have you been? Yeah, what's up? I feel like you haven't been on the podcast in a while. Good to hear you. I have been good. I've been really busy with that internship. Um, I'm we sure. are in the process of making all of the videos on the planet next week, and it's my religious holiday okay. on Tuesday, so it's going to be an experience. Oh, God. Yeah, okay. That's a lot. But I'm excited that I'm hanging out here because <laughs> Rachel's tweets about those awful books made me <laughs> go back to my list of books I needed to read. So I finished two books before we started recording, which was pretty exciting. Damn, nice. Okay. Shit, well, okay. Going to, this is another episode that we have to air Anna Karenina, where we have to explain what happens at the end. Yeah, before and we, we are covering two episodes, but the other, the first, they kind of interwine in terms of general message, yeah. so... So the first hey, episode called <laughs> Tremors with a Z. Tremors which with I'm a Z. I'm very proud of. Second episode, um, we were working, we were workshopping a few titles. Um, 
What was what was I like? I'm so mad because I think we made a really good joke about the you know what. Yeah, and now yeah. I can't find it. And the you know who. Yeah, I'm like I feel like we came up with something funny, and I'm mad I, mean, I don't remember it. All. <laughs> I, this week's legends in review title: Dominic Purcell did nothing wrong. God, stop. <laughs> um. Oh, here we go. Jesus, old man. I, I also suggested. Well, it's over. Well, it's over. Um, I feel like did it did, did it add, did did it have something? Do you remember we were talking about how the Evangelion poster had that thing on yes, it? And yes, I feel like it had yours, something. You suggested that we title it. Um, the fate of destruction is also the joy of rebirth. I mean, that's kind of where we're at, isn't it? I also end Prague. It was End Prague. Prague. I think it might have been End Prague or some shit. End Prague is very good. End Prague. All right. We the and the okay. So the and we're back. We were titling. This is the science fiction double penetration. That's an appropriate title. Yes. Given the content for both for both of them, but given each what episode we're going gets to their have own to be doing. Um. And it's so, a literal so, title. <laughs> yes. Yes. And so again. Oh God, skeleton. Spooky what? Sorry. And so, and so, as I was saying, um, fucking skeletons shooting ice at me like an asshole. Well, yeah. Wait, what Nobody would have lost both of my husband. I'm playing Skyrim. Oh, okay. Continue. And a Pokemon. For the thousandth fucking time, but on the PS4, they let you use mods now. Which is nice. So, I'm... That's fine. I was just confused because I was like, Red Dead Redemption does not have vampires question mark? <laughs> and that's usually I mean, what you're playing? I mean, some it's people say it actually thing. is a vampire in Red Dead Redemption too. Oh, well, there we go. go. Okay, wait, hold on. First, I just want to do okay. Sixth, no, eighth back. episode of the sixth season, titled "Tremors," oh, aka "Tremors with a Z." Yes. And "End Preg" is the yes. ninth episode of the sixth <laughs> season. The nice in, one. As in, that's right. The sixty-nine episode is the one where Mick gets pregnant. I mean, truly. So. We're here today to discuss a few things, you know, the plot of Legends of Tomorrow, I guess, romance novels, Mick being pregnant. There's a lot of, there's a lot of ground we have to cover. Um, so this is, I guess, where I will put the opening theme. Okay, that being said, yes. Okay, so basically in Red Dead Redemption 2, if you are in Saint-Denis, which is the um, sort of New Orleans, what is the word I'm looking for? Quarter? Well, no, it's supposed to be New Orleans, but it isn't. What's the word for? Facsimile? Yes, thank you. You're welcome. Which is the New Orleans facsimile. Um, You find... Five weird messages written on the walls throughout the city. You realize when you connect these five messages that they make a pentagram. And in the center of the pentagram is a location where if you go to the location at night, a man that looks exactly like Nosferatu will be attacking someone in an alleyway. And Arthur will say, what are you doing? And the man will say, I'll drink you dry. 
Oh God! And you have to get one shot on him because he is an instant kill. Um, and if okay. you kill him, and you can, if he kills you, you can go back and do it again. When you kill him, you get this special silver knife. And so a lot of people thought the DLC was going to be like, because you know how Red Dead Redemption had the, the zombie. A lot of people thought it was going to be vampires. But um, I think it could just be a reference because I'm pretty sure, at least in the vampire Lestat, I'm pretty sure that Louis and Lestat end up in New Orleans for a while. They may also be there during an interview with a vampire. It's literally been over 10 years. I think it's, it might just be because Louisiana and vampires go together in American culture. Yeah. I mean, like, True Blood as well. But, like, yeah, I'm not sure if it was maybe. I'm just like, that would that would track. Um, I mean, the only reason that she did it, I'm sure, is because of Anne Rice. Yeah, I'm sure to an extent. Oh my god. Um, did y'all or, know that an Anne Rice TV show is finally happening? Yes. After I, all this time? Who's ready to write fan fiction for it? Out of sheer spite, yes. Like, what is she gonna do? Sue you I again? Mean, good luck, idiot. Um... And so, yes, we are proposing fighting fighting legal battles with Anne Rice. Yeah, sure. Fuck it. What else am I doing with my life? Um, although, if you do get into a legal battle with Anne Rice, it is not our fault. We yeah. did not have culpability in that. No. So, basically, I don't really think they've done... They haven't really done... Well, first of all, Red Dead Redemption 2 was, like, 100-hour weeks. And I'm like, please let these devs rest. Literally. Please, please let them rest. And then, um, I think a lot of their work has just gone into online. I don't really think there's yeah. been... Because even compared to what it was in 2011-ish, it's just miles ahead. It's totally... Yeah. So also, I think it's very funny we said we we're going to talk about the Christine Feehan books, and then we just didn't. We're going to talk about the Christine Feehan books. Are they relevant here? Well, I mean, because... I, we wanna, I Unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you plan on listening to this episode... We do have to start by talking about Mick being Mpreg and what Mpreg means and... Set an open We talked last season, actually. We opened with the ABO podcast. Classic. I think there's the good. ABO lawsuit article. But, um... <laughs> so, it was pointed out to us by a friend of the show, Zach, that Mick is not physically like he he's not carrying it in the lower half of his body yeah. it's in his they're not head. doing like a goofy joke of haha he's got a big pregnant belly now kind it's of not real where it's like is is it still trans is is I actually transphobic I... ari speak would you like to speak on this Okay, here's the thing. I'm going to do it. Hold on, because you've just asked me to, you've just literally asked me to sing. So I have to stop playing with my little dogs and my dragons and my giant fire moth and my whatever the hell an Alakazam and a Togekiss are. So I just, I need you to know that I'm putting um, this down very strange, dis- strange yellow cat egg person. Strange yellow cat and like airline jet, technically. <laughs> All right. Yeah, fair enough. Egg, um, egg jet. Egg jet and egg jet and uh, telekinetic cat dog. All right. So fox, whatever. It doesn't matter. Okay. Fox. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, like, listen. So, I'm going to preface this statement by saying that I, as a trans mass person, do not speak for every single trans mass person when I talk about my feelings on it and preg here. I am not going to try to make some blanket statement because I do think that literally every single trans person I've talked to about this has a different opinion about it in some way, shape, or form. Even if we generally agree on, like, this is good or this is bad, we might disagree on why or how or what it means. Um, and I think this is true of most 
communities. Um, so I'm going to say for my part, I, even though I would personally never want to get pregnant ever and have never really wished to get pregnant, um, I am actually totally cool with Mpreg as a concept. It's something that's been around since I started reading fanfic. It's sort of been like the thing that kind of went from like a funny haha. Like, it went from, like, a funny haha joke in terms of, like, these dumb girls writing fic don't know how sex and pregnancy work, and turned, like, and it, or, like, it was a joke about how, like, they just hate women so much, they just want men to get pregnant instead kind of thing, which we can contest th- that at some point. But, like, that was kind of the general vibe around Mpreg in my corner of fandom, and again, I'm only speaking for myself here. I have, interestingly enough, kind of seen certain things change for... We're at this weird crossroads sometimes, where, and this is going to get a little NSFW at points, I, I think, since we're talking about pregnancy, but I'm just preferencing this statement. So it's like, if you don't want it, just skip until you stop hearing my voice, because then I have to kind of talk about the nature of sex and talk about this. Because um, if you didn't know, pregnancy becomes is because of two people having sex. And if you didn't know that, how old how old are the people listening to this podcast again? I, I mean, don't know if I know. are really spoiling a lot of very crucial things today. But yeah, damn, we're really, like, fucking... Um, Jesus dies, um, and Rosebud was the sled, et cetera, et cetera. All right, so it's one of those things where it's like, I actually kind of, there's, there's this weird fandom shift I've noticed lately where it's like become, I think a lot of people who, there, it's one of those things where as much people get mad about like this kind of trans up versus that kind of trans up, I'm kind of like, buddy, 95% of the people I see doing stuff with trans characters are trans themselves. They're just doing it in a way that you personally might not agree with. Let's maybe not call it immediately transphobic. Um, and this is, some, this is just getting off. Whatever. I'm just talking about this now. No one can stop me. Um, so that gets kind of annoying. But I have noticed overall that while I am still kind of frustrated sometimes when I see people doing like, they literally don't say like, this character's trans. They go, this male character just has a, like, they literally just call them like pussy whatever their character name is. And I'm like, well, that's not really trans rep either, because you were literally just giving this ca- this character a vagina for this purposes of like, I don't know, like, I guess like that's, I'm like, but I'm also like, I get that though, because it's like as problematic as it is, quote unquote, I know a lot of trans girls my age who were like, yeah, remember all those weird TF comics in the mid 2000s and shit on the internet? They read all of them. I read all of them, even though it wasn't technically, it was all guys turning into girls and shit. And even though they weren't like perfect, it was kind of like our window into something else. So I guess maybe my hope is all this weird fan art of anime Skinner box characters with vaginas is going to make some trans guys go, oh, wait, I could be that. Even though it's not really like good because you don't, again, this episode is technically about it doesn't have to be good to set that spark of fire in you. So technically this leads back into the themes of, um, Mpreg, uh, for us, sure. So I'm actually cool with Mpreg. I think it's interesting to see that I've seen more people going, well, men can get pregnant because not all men have penises. And that being part of a larger cultural fandom shift, even when it still kind of falls into like, you're not really actually trying drawing these characters, like and you're not really doing much with them as like trans people. You're just sort of doing it for the, but it's still better than what it was before. And it's kind of interesting that we're even at this point in such a quick turnaround, I'm talking about maybe 10 years of, of a shift in fandom. It's it's pretty seismic. It's interesting to observe. And I don't actually hate Mpreg. And I'm like, if you're going to do a weird alien pregnancy, this is probably the least offensive way to do it. I still remember that weird Torchwood episode where they did kind of something similar and I hated it. Um. Now, I also wanted to ask, I think I might be wrong mm-hmm. Um, that this now does technically make Mick an Omega. I cannot. 
<laughs> I wasn't sure where you were going to go. Literally, you know, here's the thing is you, you just put me on the spot for a solid. Like, I'm like, I literally just, and I'm like, I did not even realize we were going to go into that. So I'm like, oh my God, I have to give. And so I'm like, I apologize if anything I just said in the past 10 minutes was semi incoherent. I literally didn't know we were going to be talking about this. So I just sort of cobbled together some brain thoughts. And not that yeah, I'm ever really. Yeah, we were talking about romance novels. So clearly we were both just tricked. Yeah, I was talking about okay. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I want to talk about Christine Feehan right now because yeah. actually, actually, yeah, because it's one of those things where it's like this all kind of ties back into the episode somehow, sort of in terms you'll, of you'll figure. No, I mean, no, I do have a point here because it's like there's this weird, and this is something I've noticed because like when I was wait, here's the thing about my childhood, and I know you're thinking, has this tie back? In? Well, we're getting there. Hold <laughs> here's, on, buddy. Here's the thing about my childhood: is every time I say I read this, and you go, "Wait, I'm sorry. How old are you?" And I go, "I had an un- unsupervised childhood." Please know, as I'm talking about all these books I read, I was too young for them. I was unsupervised, and it doesn't matter. So, Christine Feehan was probably the first rom. It's I mean, truly, we're well past that. Christine Feehan was probably the first like romance novelist I read. Um, and I was probably oh god, I would have been. Mm, too young um let's just say that but like i had read fanfic by that point so i wasn't really shocked by the idea of people having sex in books but like it was one of those things where she was like the first romance novelist i read and it's interesting because a lot of her work does stuff with like this the carpathian novels were sort of where she like her big first big series and they all have like the soul bonded vampire kind they have a ton of tropes that I noticed getting carried over into soulmate au stuff and i don't know how much of that is people who have read these books taking these concepts and trying to make them into AUs or just a happy coincidence. Certain things like how you can't like that, that semi-popular, like you can't see color until you meet your soulmate thing. That's literally ripped straightly straight from the Carpathian novels to that, to that. I didn't know that. Uh It's literally, and it was, and I mean, it was a thing in the Carpathian. Those are old. Those are like 2000s, 90s old. So I'm like, no, there's no way that. So it's either a wild coincidence or someone on the internet who'd read one of these novels and gone, shit, that's a great soulmate AU idea. And it is, it's pretty good. So it's interesting because a lot of these tropes that romance novelists sort of created and spawned are the progenitors of a lot of weird fanfic tropes, TM, right now. Like ABO stuff is very much sort of, it's the codification of a lot of stuff in romance novels, but also with the added queerness inherent to transformative fiction. And then romance novelists saw how huge of a fanfic market there was for it and tried to take it back, but then also kind of make it heterosexual. And I think there's a lot of weird give and take between those universes right now. Um, and has a lot, I think, also to do with sort of the changing politics of Romance Landia, as it's called. And I think things like that are interesting because then when I remember reading the Carpathian novels as a kid, and full disclosure, it's probably been years since I've read it. I remember it was the first time I, I think I'd read a dude and this is about to get grosser second bear with me i read dark celebration was the first one i read and it was really weird because that book is was like a like a christmas special technically i think i got it from a used bookstore and it's like all of the couples from a bunch of other books meeting and having a vampire christmas together or something it's stupid it's stupid as fuck but like i didn't know who the hell any of these people were so i was just i was like and who the fuck are you supposed to be but, like, it was literally the first romance novel, or anything, really, that I read where I just remember very vividly one of the male characters ejaculating into the woman's womb. And I was like, ew! I, don't, I told you! Not it's not gonna and I was like, I don't All think... All right, listen, everybody sit down. Okay, kids? I don't think you can do that. And you can't. Kids, but, like... I'm not talking... This is... Consider this... I'm not talking... Kids, leave the room. <laughs> yeah. This makes us... This makes us not liable. We gotta put that 
at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, we're gonna have to put a disclaimer. We're talking about Mpreg and sex. This is gonna have to come in, but yeah, we'll put a disclaimer. Okay, so but I'm it doesn't go it into the wound. It doesn't go directly into no, the wound. No, your cervix, so. your cervix stops it from, and you don't want, you never want something hitting someone's cervix. Some, I, some people are cool with it, but like I'm like it, it hurts. Like and if you bitch. don't already know your limits, do not ask for it. When I said some people, I mean people who are like in established kink scenarios. Oh, okay. Do not do it just for the fuck of it. Like you have to know that that's a thing you can do first. Shit fucking hurts. All right. Um, okay. So, also, if you get an IUD put in, you still have to wear condoms, or your partner with a penis still has to wear condoms. None of this has to do with anything. Well, right. well, well, well actually, no, wait, that's what I meant to say. So... It is going to hurt when they, but, but please still get it, and you can talk to your doctor about ways to mitigate pain um, beforehand. <laughs> don't be so scared of doing it that you don't get one. Yeah, All I've been the teenagers too... listening to this, leaving I mean, with knowledge about safe sex. But I did want to interrupt and say that it is both a fan fiction thing where people like like romance authors also write fanfic and fanfic writers also write romance. And so there was actually a time when Twilight happened where people were like, oh, my gosh, Feehan is copying the idea of soulmates because people don't know their history. And like he has been around from the beginning of time. So Oh what happens is like yeah. people don't realize how many of these tropes have been in the original fiction because a lot of fanfic readers only read fanfic and a lot of original fiction readers only read original fiction. And so none of the groups talk to one another. Which is so weird to me. As someone who does both, I'm always, I'm like, guys, what the fuck? But like, it That's is. That's what being bisexual actually I actually, yeah, probably. But like, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, at least know your history before you start saying, well, they ripped off from. And the answer is no one at this point has really, everyone is kind of just feeding into each other's. Like, it's especially with Romance Landia is kind of like an insular community as it is. Like, it's like everyone's feeding off of everybody. Don't worry about it too much. Um, but yeah, I bring all this up because I don't remember that book being very particularly sexually progressive, let's put it. And I mean, shocker of shockers, a book writing about someone coming into another person's womb, not very sexually progressive in its morals or values. Womb? A womb? A womb. I hate. I have no idea. Mia, did you hear that? Mia? Mia. Mia. Did you hear that? Rachel said, oh, womb. Okay. I knew, I knew it's humor you would appreciate. Okay. Sorry, continue. Um, so it's one of those things where because we were <laughs> because we were on the beach and every time we every year we go to the beach, we get some like trashy shit to read on the beach. It's like, whatever the fuck, why not? It's what you do on the beach. And so we were reading to, we were both reading Christine Fihan novels at the first at the at the at the at the at the same time. Sorry, my brain just tried to kill me for talking about this shit. We were reading them at the same time. And as authors of romance and erotica ourselves, I mean, legitimately, I'm not, yeah. like, bear in mind, I literally just finished, like, 10K of just depravity. I'm not saying this from the perspective of someone who's like, ew, you guys shouldn't have said, like, I don't, like, I, I have written better and more, but, like. I'll never feel insecure about the smut I write again, let me tell no, you. No, never. I mean, I'm mostly just, I'm only going to talk, I'm not going to do a blow-by-blow blow of this, one, because we have too many teenagers, and two, because this bit, who listen to this podcast, and two, because this bit has gone on long enough as it is. We might do it as a Patreon exclusive, because we are going to make a Patreon-related announcement at the end of this episode. Not relevant. In any case. So, the thing that I wanted to talk about in relation to this episode, and relation to this whole bit as it stands, is the funniest thing, aside from the random, like, again, they're in a library, and he just cannot stop talking about his penis every other sentence. I'm like, stop doing this, I hate it! 
Please. But it's so awkward. It just, please, I want to get to the plot. Really? But, like, there is this weird sort of, not that there's anything wrong with that, kind of approach to certain... Like, do you want to talk about your were leopard? Like, the importance okay. of consent with a violent leopard man. Do you okay. want to do it first? So, basically, my book is important. ABO yeah. adjacent. In that this guy is a were leopard, but also the leopard inside of him is kind of like a separate entity. It's sort of like... There are two wolves it's inside not me, like it's a leopards. Yes, yes, pretty much. He's one wolf, the leopard is the other leopard wolf. Um, <laughs> and this book literally opens, I'm on page two, and it's talking about how his leopard clan is known for being the most violent and terrible one. And they hate, you know, they only keep women around to make sons, and then when they've made sons, they, they kill the women. And how he, you know, like, hates this, and it, you know, he and his cousins aren't in this clan anymore. But basically, he, they respect women. He's like he, but he, his fucking leopard just wants to be dominant. But even when a woman, and he's like, but even fully consenting, it feels bad to want to be as dominant with a woman as I want to be. Where I'm like, um, okay. And then you meet the love interest who is being stalked. Also, she's a strawberry leopard. What does this mean? It means she has red hair. Don't worry about it. And she's like, I'm being stalked. And he's like, that's... No, okay. He's like, I noticed... Okay, well, that explains why you seem distressed. Would you be comfortable coming into my home? Because there's only the two of us. And it's just... And, like, a bunch of other stuff about, like... First of all... Not violating her personal boundaries and wanting to make sure that she's, like, comfortable. He's like, would you rather have this conversation out in the patio where we can, you know, have... Like, he's like, I don't want to have you... He's like, my horrible violet leopard is always, is, like, purring when she's around and it wants to have sex with her, but in a consensual way. And I'm like, well, this is nice! I mean, I guess. written well, but... It's not... I mean, it's, it's, it's... For what it is, it's, like, it's incredibly goofy and earnest, and I'm not expecting these books to be war and peace with cocks. So I'm like, this is... Toxin that's, uh, that's the language I was not ready for. <laughs> okay, Ooh, so okay, then. Okay, let's do it. Let's go. Ari said war and peace with cocks, and then I said cock and peace, and then I said cock and peace torture. <laughs> I don't think you heard me said a straight That's literally this bit. Okay, we're not even doing it on purpose. All right, so. So mine had, like, motorcycle gang, but also they're all the X-Men slash the Winter Soldier. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Yeah, they all have this, Ari's all have this weird red training. And he's attracted to this librarian who has no friends. I just know that I have to leave with recommendations for better books. I mean, yes, she's definitely written. I mean, she's written better, but it's still very, I'm just, I'm mostly like, I'm like, I... When I rag on these books, it's not because I hate them. I wouldn't buy them to read them at the beach if I didn't have some fondness for them. And again, there's a little bit of a soft spot for, because again, first, first like, dark right, definitely. novel. But mine was really funny. Mine had this hard left where they discussed, and I'm not even going to say it because it legitimately kind of took me out of the book for a second where he was like, this is this incredibly upsetting and traumatic thing that happened to me. And we're eight pages in and it's just sort of an offhand comment. Whoa, buddy. Whoa, geez. Like, Holy shit, dude. I don't like, even know you like that. Pacing. Like, it was just a little weird. But yeah, like, Feehan, and this is why I'm kind of surprised that her books are so popular, because Feehan is, uh, is just nonstop expedition. 
I actually, I was like, I was kind of interested in the exposition. It's like they do, she has this formula I've noticed because I've read some of her other books where they have the meeting and there's a ton of horny stuff at the meeting and then the next 40 pages are exposition and then it's just sex again. But it's like, they don't, there's no, it's like literally 40 pages and then they just go back to the sex. But there's like a ton of sex straight up. So it's incredibly awkward, like first couple pages. And then it's like, oh, the exposition and the plot, some of which can sometimes be kind of interesting or at least kind of involved. And then it goes right back to the sex. I'm like, wait, what? But like, okay, so mine was just really funny and that it did more of that, not that there's anything wrong with that kind of stuff, because he was literally like, oh God, he says something to the effect of like, he's like, I didn't want to make her uncomfortable. I wanted to make sure that she was consenting, that she was happy and that she was feeling good about it. And then like they had, like they were talking about this like promiscuous person that they were all hanging out with. And like, and, the, and then no one minded that she was promiscuous. She was allowed to sleep with as many men as she wanted. They didn't have a problem with that. They partied themselves, but they didn't like that she wasn't loyal. And I'm like, wait, what? It was just to very family. They had a couple well, other, like, like a lot of weird lines. Where, like consent is important. Women are people. And I'm like, this well, principle is looking pretty good, actually. Yeah. I mean, it's because earlier books weren't that great. And she got yelled at about it, from my understanding. Yeah. It's, and so, and I, I'm like, I actually, uh, the whole reason I bring this up is because I thought it was, I mean, this was very clearly somebody who was responding to criticism of their books, admittedly in a very clunky and obvious way. But it kind of makes them more endearing for it. Do she have ghostwriters at this point? Probably. Um, I don't know, but I do know this is the same person who tried to copyright the word dark and then stopped because she realized it was a fool's errand. So there's just a lot happening with her her entire series. (laughs) I can believe that. I mean, like, especially because it's like when you get around that low, she's probably got a bit of an ego about being like, but I'm like, lady, you're not that good. I have a soft spot for her, but lady, you're not that talented. But like, well, I think the thing with paranormal romance, with with a lot of romance genres, is they all have a chip on their shoulder for very good reason because of the way romance is treated by the general public. But then yeah, it also means that world. like some yeah, of the stuff that's been around since the beginning has a really strong stronghold, and then people are like, wait, maybe I want to find some other stuff to read. Which yeah, I'm like, listen, that's the thing is I'm like there's I I act I have a huge soft spot for the Black Jewels trilogy. It's art I go back and reread it every couple of years. And it's one of those things where it's like, that's actually some pretty it's got some good world building. It's annoyingly heterosexual, but like I get why. But like, you know, I'm I'm a sucker for this kind of stuff. I, I own up to it. But like I bring all this up because it was kind of funny watching her like very clearly try I'm like, her books are almost better for the clunkiness of the insertion of consent is cool and there's nothing wrong with that and women can have as much sex as they want and it's fine and we respect them because like it's so at odds with her like kind of setting that it just makes the whole thing funnier where it's like Mm -hmm. the leopard guy who's leopard who's magic leopard man inside of him is named assault in russian also being like sex is important in a positive and consenting way and i would never do anything to a woman she didn't want to do like that's the goofiness of it is part of the fantasy well, it's why you enjoy it the other thing is like if i read it and it was the opposite i would probably like i think Stop reading yeah, yeah she has to understand that people of this generation i mean i i would assume of other generations as well but yeah. if you pick it up and it's and it's not and it's and it's very Clearly, like, okay, for example... If you're doing it in a fanfic, that's different. I actually but, read yeah. a, fa- a Helmic fic that is absolutely excellent, but the person tagged it. They got a couple of people advising them to tag it. Dubcon. Uh-huh. But, and, like, not to say, like, those people... But it's not... 
dubious consent. She's he's not drinking. She's not manipulating his mind. She's not lying about who she is. It's literally just seduction where she's sort of yeah, that's putting not, his guys. hand on her breast and he's like, I hate you, but he's not moving his hand. Yeah, that's not Dubcon in the slightest. And that's asking, just that's watering. Yeah, that's watering like, it down to the point where it's like, no, the Dubcon exists because I'm like, I'm cool with stuff. As long as you know that's what you're writing and you're tagging it, I literally don't give a fuck. But like, to to water down the definition of that tag means that people are not going to take the tag seriously. Could click on it and see something that is like there's a there needs to be clearly delineated. This cannot be a sliding scale kind of thing. This is not us coming out against archive of our own, by the way. It's not the slightest. This is because, just this like, is just this is saying to individual writers. Yeah, you don't have to if somebody and you know that it's like it's just a girl having a guy putting a guy's hand on her boob because she's trying to seduce him. That's not Dubcon. You don't have to ta- like it's like go make informed he, judgment also, on that. Also, like he never in the thing actively says I do not want to do this. He's just yes. being Matthias about it. Yes, and there is and for a character who is like Matthias, it's like it makes sense for him to need that kind of direct initiation. This is getting wildly off topic, but this is just it, like it's like. Because if I click on, it's like, there have been times friends have warned me about really, they've been, they've really hyped up how graphic and upsetting something is to the point where I'm like, I, I'm like afraid and upset and I'm like more upset by you talking to me about it than the actual content of the scene itself. I was like, but there's like certain scenes where people talk and I'm like, that's not what it is. And like, honestly, you talking about it like that was more harmful than like, just telling me it's a little awkward and fucky. And there needs to be like understanding it. Sometimes things are just awkward and fucky and they're not. Like, there needs to be, like, some stuff, like, whether or not something is dubcon or non-con or whatever, does need to have clear definitions, and we need to know, so that way people aren't shocked by what's in the tags. Much like mixed pregnancy, which is mostly just awkward and fucky. Um, by the way, with Let's mixed... get into the episode, no, I'm kidding. Yeah, no, that's absolutely part... With, when I literally messaged Ari the next day, Monday, before I... Or maybe right after I had driven up to Massachusetts, and I said... Um, Mick didn't know that when Kayla put her tentacle in his ear that that was inserting a brood, which makes this a non-consensual. And and then and then Ari said, "Listen, I've said this before, but I never really meant it until now. We don't have time. I to cannot unpack. start this I discourse. Know. I was literally hitting the dashboard. I was like, that is so far. Like I'm like that is not even now. My thought. So can I be just to say?" That yes. I was going to make the joke, but then thought better of it because it's kind of awful that, like, so we made the joke before that, like, the reason Dominic got all awful on Twitter, or not Twitter, he doesn't have Twitter, on Instagram, was because of this episode. But then I realized, what if they actually filmed it without him generally not knowing that was what was coming to come? Because the be way so, they I played mean, no, it's not a terrible joke. We've made so many terrible jokes, okay, literally just the opening. So because, because the way they played it, I was like, wait, did Dom actually know that this is going to be the next slide out of Adam's well, mouth? Because what happened is that Dominic wanted um, more money in his contract, and Warner Brothers said, I don't understand what you thought was wrong with this plot. You're making enough money. <laughs> but I just think, like, where and how, and also the fact that, like, they're doing it simultaneously with Lita being pregnant. Like, the writers are obviously trying to tell a story here, but I don't know that it's going to land because we say this every time. Their landings are always, like, one-footed. They never so. stick that fucking landing. I feel we'll like they, when you put it like that, what they're trying to do is a sci-fi version of, remember all those those occasional viral articles about, like, men experiencing simulated labor pains, understanding right. the, like, the... Ari looked at me because Ari just watched the episode and was like, is Mick crying when he's talking to Nico supposed to be foreshadowing that he's hormonal? 
where I'm like, well, first of all, how would mixed hormones? You're you're right, it is, but like, how are mixed supposed to fucking? It's like sympathy, kudads, but like father and daughter, not. If I was Dominic Purcell, I would have been more misogynistic on Instagram. I mean, seriously, at this point. If I was Dominic Purcell, I would have posted Phil Clemmer's personal address. Yeah. (laughs) I would have have allegedly, allegedly. Allegedly. Allegedly For entertainment and humor purposes only. The entire writing staff of DC's Legends of Tomorrow. That's fair. Um, Okay, so here's the thing. Let's get our Tremors stuff out of the way fast because we've already taken and like also because this episode has so much to talk about that end preg is really what i want to spend most of our time on so okay. what i'm gonna say about gonna... tremors <laughs> is nate reminding everyone that he was a hole funny um it is we're gonna tie into the stuff with spooner and astro when we talk about end preg so i'm not gonna bring it up in tremors so we can get tremors over fast i'm really kind of pissed okay here's the thing constant green is a bad ship it's never gonna happen if you still ship it and like here's the thing i don't like gary just because of everything that's been going on and honestly seeing him at this point is just a fucking annoyance to me personally yeah and also because he posted adam posted a photo holding um a what is it called? I literally knew the name and now I have to say it out loud and I don't. The fortune, the palm reading hand. Phrenology. Yes, with a phrenology hand. And I'm like, okay, here's the thing. Have you ever gotten a man pregnant? You probably haven't. No. Has a man ever gotten pregnant and then an entire fandom blames you for it? Well, I, reader, listener, I have. And I'm here to say, I think perhaps the blame is being placed a little, a little unfairly on my beautiful shoulders. Maybe I made a lot of mpreg jokes at some point, but I, mean, I also, I also invented a bunch of other things that we've seen this season, such as Zari calling Ava Aves, and um, the, the Zari list of things that we've collectively done is too long, and someone needs to make a bingo. I mean, it's really scary. We're- it's fine. The Bebo thing. I we were discussed. explaining Bebo to Ari's partner, and this is important. For you said me. Mia on the podcast. Yeah, just say Mia. You're explaining. cool with that, right? And I was yes. like, and the most horrifying thing about Bebo is that we called Melissa Benoit Bebo long before this before, aired, before the Bebo episode aired, and that's kind of beautiful in the context of how this show, this episode, is also. The gang desperately tries to... So, I mean, like, here's the thing. Constant Green, bad ship, never gonna happen. Um, John is clearly capable of showing that, like, when he does care about someone, he will go the extra mile for him, them. He did it for Astra, he's done it for Zari, he has never done it for Gary. And so well, he's he... also admittedly because of their refusal to take Gary seriously. Well, yeah, I mean, and here's the thing. If I, when I see Adam Sackman, it's on fucking side, allegedly. Where were you going with this? Um, just that I really didn't like that there was any constant green in this episode. I didn't like that John has to go find this fountain and they completely divorced Zari from it. Especially because the previous episode was her telling him to stop, like, no more lying to me. And then he was like, okay, no more lies. But what if I just... I'm leaving. What if I just don't include you in shit? Mm Mm-hmm. On an unrelated note, I'm gonna walk out that door right now. Um, and I know Matt Ryan probably had to do something else for this episode. But, like, you know, how does John feel about the other Zari being in a totem right now? It's like, we had some really great moments with John and Zari, and then Legends, like it does with everything that isn't the fucking um, Blonde and White? Blonde and White? Hall of Fame is like, okay, this plot is over. 
And they just don't go back to it. Um, Spot is over. Get the fuck out. I mean, truly. Meanwhile, um, thousands of miles away. End Prague, which really did not feature Sarah or Ava heavily at all, is so much stronger because of it. Yeah, seriously. Okay. And I guess that leads us. I mean, because there are there's a bunch of things that from Tremors with a Z that factor into how we're going to discuss this next episode. Yeah. Because this was sort of the long-awaited um, Berad episode. Yeah. And just like this was the long-awaited Berad episode where we get a lot of insight into what made him who he is, and also the Legends writers did another episode where they are getting really, really meta. Mm-hmm. And this one was almost kind of sad because it... if you, It is fascinating to me because it confirms something that they've never explicitly said until this point, that I find very funny. And again, all of this is alleged because the writers are putting all of this stuff in metaphor and meta, but pretty explicit meta. So I don't really know how much of this is alleged, really. I'm so fucking lost in this. But for the purposes of comedy and entertainment, it's alleged. The Legends writers clearly fucking hate Bebo and hate that it's emblematic of their show and hate that the CW is trying to use it as a marketing tool to make people watch their wacky, funny ding-dong show. (laughs) <laughs> and that is maybe the funniest fucking thing, like, in the world. Like, it's so blatant that they fucking hate that Bebo became sort of the thing that people know the show for. And that's amazing. Like, I'm like, is it because you got mad that... I mean, like, listen, when Rachel was like, oh, yeah, they have Victor Garber for the Bebo holiday special, but then they didn't actually invite any of the Legends writers... I'm like, yeah, I'd be pissed if I made this and the CW tried to basically claim it as, like, a DCTV icon, but then didn't give me any of the credit. I'd be fucking furious, too. But it's so... There are a lot of lines in this episode that were genuinely incredibly funny and smart. And, like, you know that I don't say that that often about this show. Like, it's one of those things where we give them a lot of credit Tyrant for when they so do... Tyrone is so good. Tyrone is so good. We give them a lot of credit for their emotional arcs that they do well. Mostly Tyrone written. <laughs> written. But, like, very little, like, it's, like, one of those things that are not usually very smart outside of those emotional narrative resonance things. This meta is incredibly clever, and I hated the little the little emphasis and accent Xano put on amateur. I really could hit him with a chair for that, for comedy and humor. Oh, yeah, when Nate was auditioning for the role of the nosy landlord, um, Ari essentially went into a coma. It was awful. I hate him. It really haunts me. When you were, like, his hair just went blonde inexplicably. Yeah, we thought there was going to be a plot point as to why Nick Zano decided to add, like, sort of, I would say, medium blonde tips to his hair. But it's an Italian Eric man. And there is no reason, aside from that one. And, like... So, I mean, what I want to say is yeah. because this whole episode is a lot about... um The gang that really tries to win an award. It really is the very self-aware, like, you know... There's a lot of mentions about being a cult hit and, oh, if we include this baby alien, we'll be way more successful and mm-hmm. they'll be merchandising. Which, especially because season four pivoted so hard to magic, mm-hmm. kind of makes me feel like they had the same argument with the CW. Oh, absolutely. About Bebo specifically. Mm-hmm. Where I'm like... A hundred percent they did. Because, like, as you point out, and I think it's a fair thing to understand, especially if you're a recent sort of fan of the show... First two seasons, of the, I don't think it's interesting they said it got canceled after the first two seasons. Because the first two seasons of this show... Were Andrew and Mark having a lot of control. And a lot of control, and they're not as good. No. There's some good points, but they're not the legends as we know it. Mm-hmm. 
season three was the really big pivoting point. Mm-hmm. And for all of its flaws, season three, and this is truly damning with faint praise, has maybe the best finale. Which is the one with the giant Bebo. Mm-hmm. And so I think there was probably a lot of conversations right after season three of how do we make this sort of the face of this show and thus GCTV. Because, and again, this is all alleged. This is all conjecture and here. All pretty. They're like, again, most but of it's also say, but they are started losing control in season three and really had none by season four. Mm. And then in season five, they let him like direct an episode and then he's not even on GCTV anymore. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like... Wow, there's been a lot of shit that went on with this show, huh? Seriously. And and as much as I was like, this episode is a threat towards personally, it was also very much a, a measure of affection to us personally as well. Yeah. Because they were like, I would rather this show make one person laugh than have mass appeal. And I was, and me looking at my fucking dragon esque Zari tattoo, like, shut up! How dare you! Us on this podcast after five seasons, like, hey! Who asked you? How dare you be kind to me after everything we've done? I'm in Curly. But, like... After everything we've been through, and you damn me with your kindness? <laughs> Tenderness I cannot bear. But, like, it is an interesting episode for all that it does. In terms of, like, talking about... it's an it, like I love episodes where they're basically talking about television. the art of making television. This is something I read books on and study for fun, because I'm that kind of person. So I love this shit. I thought it was also... Here's the thing. I will give them... Some of the representation stuff felt a little schlocky, but I'm really... The stuff they had Zari say was very mm-hmm. sweet. And the stuff with Bayron, you could tell that, he, like, that, like... That did come from the heart. There yeah. were a couple lines that felt a little glurgy, but the overall message really did come from the heart. I did, I did respect that. For example, when um, the older brother says to Zari, like, well, this show isn't really doing great representation for us. And she goes, well, it doesn't have to be. Yes, I actually really like that. Doesn't I that liked part- it coming from Tala, mm-hmm. but also knowing how critical we've been of this show and its queer representation, I'm like, you don't get to wiggle out of that completely no. with that line. It doesn't have to like, be. There's some responsibility that I think you still refuse to take. I'm, I'm, I think this line was more for Tala mm-hmm. than it was anything else, and that's why I'm kind of willing to tolerate it. Well, because to me, I'm more. I see that more about them talking about. How, like, Tala does not have to represent everything about being Muslim on television all yeah. at once. I actually sort of divorced it from the queer rep stuff specifically because Tala was saying it. Because it, I feel like it was more about, like, yeah, it's the problem that we always have where it's like she's literally the only Muslim woman on the show. So they can't, she can't be all things to all people. No. And she can't represent every single aspect of being a Muslim woman. However. And it's not fair to ask that of her. It is not fair to ask that of her. But this is also, there is something to be said that this is what tokenism does. Yeah, this and is that like legends Tal, is but not, this is tokenism. This, that legends is not great in terms of tokenism. Yep. And I think we should actually, talking about that, move into um sort of relating this Bad Rod episode to Tremors. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, what that, what that was. Basically Spooner. in Tremors, we learn a lot more about Spooner. We see a little bit more of Astra sort of coming to terms with human life. Mm-hmm. And in Bad Rod's episode, we finally get backstory about him. We get some what-ifs with him. We mm-hmm. really see... And we get more of, like, the Tarazi... Like, there's a... We find out he likes cooking, and yeah. I'm like, this is such a basic... I'm sorry, this is later, but it pissed me off a lot. So I'm like, this is such a 
basic character trait of character likes cooking. Maybe sometimes you'll see them like baking something or pulling something out of an oven or they'll have a conversation and be like, hey, do you want some of these? Like, it's so easy to slip into conversation. And just now, you're having people put a chef's hat on him and he's getting a recipe book. He was and getting, he was an getting Julia Tut Child's cookbook specifically. Yeah. It's just one of those things where it's like, we've had this character for a. Yeah. And you are just establishing that he likes to cook? An incredibly basic fact about a human being you know if you spend more than 10 minutes with them? Are you fucking high? I mean, and if this episode ends... But I said that on purpose because haha is enough. Because all you guys did for a season was give this was give Bayrod stoner jokes. At any point, you could have talked about him enjoying cooking as a gen... Like, but you motherfuckers literally couldn't take him seriously long enough. It took a season for us to get here. Fuck you. I don't want to give them that much credit for this because it took you a season. Fuck you. I mean, and, and that's the thing. It's like Cheyenne carries the episode. He did a great job. So beautifully. Just like, um... Can I interrupt real quick? Because I think the the problem is is that the cast of Legends is actually really great, minus certain people. And so they elevate whatever little just absolute morsels and crumbs of goodness they're given. And that Mm -hmm. is what's so frustrating because like Ari was saying, and like we've all said before, and you two have definitely said since the beginning, if the writers actually thought through more concretely what it is that they were giving their actors, the show would be so much better because there's absolutely no reason except for racism that Bayron has been stoner boy this whole time. Or mm-hmm. that even though it's really exciting to have Zari back out, it's still because Zari is relegated to Nate's girlfriend. Yeah. What the hell? I was even saying to... Oh, sorry. I'm going to cut you off. Oh, that's it. That's all I had. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, was literally, I was actually about to say, I'm speaking of things I'm yelling about, I literally turned to Rachel when they're having that conversation together. I'm like, it was that fucking easy the whole time. They put more effort into having multiple Avas in a scene. They literally did the most basic ass body double being filmed from the back with a wig on like it's plan nine from fucking outer space and this is bella lugosi <laughs> being filmed the back of his fucking head shit for zari you guys could have been doing this literally the episode after she entered the totem it was that easy you didn't even try it was not even that complicated this took such little effort and they didn't do it for almost a whole season and it really is like fuck you guys for that because it's that easy this is not an issue of, like, you managed to get seven fucking Jess McCallan to do a scene, but you didn't bother Sorry. having the two, sa- two, two Zaris fucking interact. Like, yes, that's a, that's a, like, it's like one of those things where it's like, I almost feel ba- I don't want to be like, I'm like, yeah, it was great. Their conversation made me sad because there's something as, like, an older sister myself, well, not really, you know what I mean, as an older myself seeing like i'm so happy that like said eldest daughter is just eldest daughter is forever but it is one of those things Mm -hmm. where it's like i really love seeing zari 1.0 and like tala does such a like of the idea of like everything i sacrificed was worth it because he's safe and alive and happy and and not dying in front of me and like that's really good and she sells that and it's great and it just sucks that it's like, I don't, like, it just, it's so stupid. It's like, why did it take this long? Why are you only doing it now? Even if it's good, it doesn't matter because you're only doing it now. And it doesn't matter in that the actors are carrying it and deserve to be commended for it. But they shouldn't have to basically literally stand around waiting for the writers to finally give them a backstory episode. It's infuriating. That really hobbles the plot. 
I like I said the last time I was on here, or the time before that, the show tries to be an ensemble like Grey's Anatomy, but cannot handle it because only Grey's Anatomy can be Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. Like you cannot have this many characters and not have solid planning. And the thing is, they do, but the way that the character arcs are allotted based on scheduling and based on stuff we've talked about before, it still ends up being the white people. Yeah. And well, when we finally get the stuff that we want, when we finally get the stuff that we want, it always feels like we had to claw to get it. Yeah. And, like fight for it, which isn't fair to the characters or the audience that is sticking around to watch for those specific characters. Yeah. I will also say I was a bit it's one of those things where I'm like, okay, like the real reason you guys cut the Zarly kiss is not because it was like totally inappropriate, but it's because like I I know, and it's not just because of Zari 1.0. Everybody on this show loves Maisie and is trying every single day to get her to come back. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing is when the kissing it's kissing booth press time again, and everyone on the Legends cast is like, well, we were her friend first. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's always good. Mm-hmm. I will but say also, I, they, first. I feel like they cut it because they knew Zari 1.0 was going to be coming back, and she has to, like, she if she was never, ever coming back, they would have said it. If there was no chance Maisie could have come back, they would have shown it. Yeah. But because there's chances for these characters to come back, they have to keep them straight adjacent. I think that's part of it. Well, actually, that's so frustrating to me. That kind of ties into what I was thinking, which is like, part of me is almost, and this does not excuse it, part of me is almost like, did they want to save this as like a revelation that they thought that this would be a cool, like shocking twist that they were like, Zari's coming back and here's some Bayrod backstory as like a way to like build up hype as we head towards the finale. And I'm like, mm-hmm. this show is structured like that is the thing. If it was structured a little more like more like a serial, I would maybe argue that. But it's one of those things where because it really isn't, it doesn't really come off. It's not it doesn't feel like it's a shocking twist. It feels it feels like something they should have done ages ago. And it's all the more frustrating because it's not really done like a serial. And everybody sort of you have certain characters getting episodes to themselves trying to save it for like a big explosive episode where a bunch of stuff happens just makes you feel like these characters are not getting their fair due. And this is the problem, as you said earlier with tokenism, because it's like, well, maybe if they were focusing on other, other like characters and actors of color, it wouldn't really feel so fucking annoying, Mm -hmm. but they don't. So we're here. And it's like, it was not worth saving this for some earth shattering revelation because it wasn't really that shocking. It felt like shit. You should have done a season ago. So even in the best case scenario of you guys maybe wanting to save this for some bombastic storytelling, you fucked that up. And I don't really want to give them the best case scenario interpretation of this scenario either. I said the word scenario too many times. I'm talking about Party City too much. And I just want to say, again, not your fault. Not your fault, no. But yeah, that was like, not a completely different tack. Can I say? One joke that I was like, you know how Rachel talks about how Rachel feels seen a lot? And I do. The union puppeteers joke did make me feel, I've talked about, I've talked about puppets a lot on this show, more than I expect to. It's not even my main thing. You know what? From beginning to end, the problem with End Craig is really, Nate's hemophilia gala, Rachel and Ari. I will, okay. That anon, I was trying to explain that to me. Do you want to explain the anon? a second, but here's something I do appreciate. Mm -hmm. Um, is that Nate 
knows that Zari 2.0 feels really bad about being here. Mm-hmm. And so even like like what during, if you're my Zari? Yeah, during you. tremors when he's ranting. Which I knew immediately was like, oh, he's going to draw it outside, and then it's going to eat him, and he's going to punch his way out. Okay, of course. Steal, and then I realized it had White boy going to die was admittedly very good. Bringing David... There was there was a joke. I'm sorry. One last thing about Tremors with a Z, which would have been incredibly funny, is when... I mean, it was also incredibly offensive, because I'm like, I feel like Katie didn't... I feel like it's truly a line. I'm like, was that acting? But when Sarah was like, Spooner and Astra, get out of here. You're too, like, you're too raging and emotional. You, you'll, you'll draw the monster out. I so badly wanted Astra to look at her and go... That's racist. And then just smash cut to black in the credits. And they would never do it because it would have been really funny. But like, truly, that was such a weird way to phrase that. You couldn't come up with a better excuse for them to not be in that part of the episode, guys. They had uh, Spooner and Astra go be gay somewhere else. Really? I would have accepted that. Um, now, here's the thing. Also, but really, I'm just thinking about the fact that like, okay, Bayrod and Charlie was something that was never really explored. And I'm like, was this supposed to be a Zarly stand-in? I fucking guess. But he's very... And, like, he was interested in Astra since they got stuck on TV together. Yes. And she... I mean, she very much needs someone like Bayrod in her life. But Zari makes a comment like, oh, you always go for bad... Oh my god, we haven't even talked about Dominic Purcell's girlfriend being in the episode. Oh my god. Anna Lynn McCord was there. His child bride. And I wonder, I just, I just want to know how he felt about it. That's, that's all. Her boobs looked great. Yeah, I can kind of see. Body be banging. When you were like, did you notice Jess McCown's boobs? And I was like, no. Was that this episode that we had that, or was that the last episode before Tremors? No, I mean, that was just me asking you in general if you've ever noticed, because a lot of fucking uh, Legends fans talk about them like they've never... Like, like I'm just like, I'm like, I don't know. I understand my standards are skewed, but I'm like, that's nothing. I think... No, I'm not gonna say that. The smaller the breasts, the closer to God. <laughs> no! That's, that's... No, that's not fair. That's mean. Um... To who? <laughs> I don't people with people with big boobs. I'm well, I mean, my walk with Christ is going great. How dare you? No. I don't know what did you know? Okay, I will listen, if you record yourself, you do a one-on-one -on -one with Brandon, you ask him how his walk with Christ is going, because you know he has a you know he, <laughs> you know has, he has an answer. It doesn't it just I think it's one you of the No yeah. will just give you an answer it's, on it. It's the and also with you kind of thing. Um and then change I will Venmo you five dollars. Seriously. Um Okay, so it's but I need to see the answer as well. Yes. Um, In full. But yeah, with Tremors, I do appreciate that Nate had a big rant about how he's a hole and he's mad. No one's paying attention. I mean, it. truly, his funny. rant was literally, Mick is gone. Zari is gone. No one wants to fuck me. What am I supposed to do? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um. Wow. Was, I feel like I need to rewatch that. that. David Ramsey coming on to Legends. When, when Sarah, another great, another great moment to have someone go, that's racist. And smash cut would have been when Sarah goes diggle. And I was like, that's so, I know, I know it's a meta gag about the casting, but I so badly wanted him again. Just look at her oh go. Gosh. Racist. Um, <laughs> Please. Good for David Ramsey for casting yeah. himself as Bass Reeves. Yeah. Bass Reeves has had such a resurgence in the past 10 years that I just think that is so like special. Can I talk about the alien quick? Cause it's yeah, please. Because, like, Union Puppeteer, again, a joke that really did feel, like, a little too, it was a little, like, geez. Oh, right, because I wanted, because I, but that's later. With the, because I was like, I couldn't explain really, the weird Anon you got before the hemophilia gala announcement. Where oh, I was yes, like, oh, yes. Okay, so basically, basically, once upon a time, Mia, 
um, I got an add-on that was like, isn't it so funny? Because <laughs> Nate, when we meet him in season two, is a hemophiliac for two episodes. Then he's <laughs> but it doesn't matter. Um, then he gets a super soldier serum, literally. Yeah. And he can turn into steel now, and it's fine. It's totally fine. Don't worry about it. Um. Uh, Swallowed wrong. Okay, and so I get an add-on, like, into season four. That is, like, isn't it so weird that they haven't, like, mentioned Nate's hemophilia at all? Um, and then the episode that literally happened the next day was, like, Nate's parents and their annual gala that they hold for hemophilia. Because I was, like, who, who knew? Who the fuck said this? Who the fuck? Literally, who the fuck on the fu- Like, I'm like, that was too- we make jokes. That one was way too that close. That scares me more than anything. That, that one, one to this That day. truly is. You guys are so funny. You should have your own show. Which, <laughs> you know what? You know what? You talk to me about don't that. Don't worry about me. Worry about your walk with Christ. I mean, seriously. But like it, um, this had this this had the vibe of Rachel and Ari. Like the union puppeteer joke was very funny. Um, I liked. I actually thought the puppet was very like, and I don't like Bebo. I think Bebo's design is ugly as fuck actually really liked this alien design a lot i think it's a really good they were clearly going for somewhere between alf baby yoda and et can we legally say baby yoda you're gonna have to bleep out the yoda part aren't you well they said (laughs) it was supposed to be baby yoda inspired but it's clearly alf it's very clearly the vibe is alf the design wise it also kind of looks like gizmo like from gremlins yeah you're absolutely right Oh, a little bit, yeah. Um, it's me, Baby Grinch. Yeah, Grinch. but it's it's you know what it is. Okay, so like it's it's a lot of like it's 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 a very specific kind of character thing of like the little alien moppet dude. But I really thought they captured that fun blend of like ugly cute in a way that was really endearing. I'm like fun little thing. I love this little guy. He's very cute. Um, I actually really liked the design. That's really all I wanted to say, but it was nice. It was nice to see that they went with a puppet. I think it adds to the charm. These sort of things really do have to be a puppet. Um, I think it adds to sort of like the 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 magic of them. And it's a lot easier to make a tiny little animatronic puppet, so there's no excuse not to make the puppet. Like Werner Herzog going, you are cowards, make it puppet. I don't think it's his accent. I'm just doing a generic Russian accent. Okay, so the joke is, Avengers Tower and God, her blinis. Um, hello. There are no lesbians in the bedroom. They asked me to say this. It's not as funny when she actually has this, like, it's, it's one of those like, Hindenburg Greek accents. Or Hindenburg fire was huge. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay, also cool. yet another Doctor Who reference a year later, so they're just really doing what they can with all the references. The Doctor Who Empreg episode. I referenced the old Birchwood one. I didn't know there was a newer Empreg Doctor Who. I'm so tired. I used to be really, it was actually really funny. I got really into Doctor Who because I, I dated someone from England and I had a bunch of English friends when I was like 11 to, yeah, seriously, 11 to 15-ish. So I had this really big Doctor Who phase, but it was literally ending as I joined Tumblr. And then it just got, and I was like, I don't really care about Eleven, though. So I'm not really interested in what Super And Who you Lock. were right. And I was right. I was absolutely right. But like, oh, I'm well, really it's been the really newest well. season. So I, yeah, I, I've I only watched up is basically my point. I know of, it, like, I know a lot of, I have not kept up in the slightest. So yeah. elaborate on the new Doctor Who impreg, please. 
So, oh my God, it was such a long time ago. I will try to find the recap, but essentially they, they meet an alien. Well, not an alien. Alien does, but they meet a, a pregnant man and it's not played for laughs or anything. It's very earnest. And one of the characters helps the man give birth and it's just all very wholesome. Nice, actually, because you know what? I just had a horrifying, as you said, it being good and stuff. I just had a really horrifying realization. I have no idea if this is foreshadowing, but I'm going to drop kick the Legends writers into space if it was. Do you remember when, like, Zognar or whatever the hell the guy, the the the, yeah. per, the, the little alien dude? Yeah, so both of our species can carry. Can carry. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure it was. I'm sure he's going to give. I'm positive. So do you think it was foreshadowing? Probably, yeah. Do you think every day? Do, how can a love? Do you think a loving God can cause such agony? I mean, your first mistake is to consider so God loving. I'm so sad that alien is dead. It was so cute and tiny. I was, I was really pissed off about that. Do you think I was Mick like, touching it was foreshadowing? Because I do. I God, I hope so. Is Mick going to get an, a space abortion? If they do a space abortion, and they do remember that episode of Maud when she gets an yeah. abortion, it's like a really big deal, and literally nothing on TV has been done to that scale since. Like, yep. we just still don't really talk about abortion. <laughs> Because time travel past the pre- the birthing, I don't. You know what? I guess we're gonna find out in like four weeks. Because there's only what five episodes left, four episodes left. I don't even know. Yeah, and Maisie Del- is directing. There will be brood. Where I'm like, oh god, good, perfect. Let this happen. Well, gonna... Truly, we will trigger third impact. It's coming. Wait, is that after or before the Sonograms episode? I think. Oh shit! Now I have to look up the episode title. Oh god, I, I forgot that was another episode title. Hi. Uh, it's called Silence of the Sonograms, which is just, hey, what are we doing? What are we doing? Hey, can I mention something? Yeah? I hate this show. That's fair. Ignore <laughs> the who I have on my arm. I, mean, I fucking hate I it. Truly, I mean, listen, as the, as, the un, as the king of Before We Begin, do not bring my playtime into account on this. Yeah. Slash so when, watch oh, I didn't realize they were shooting Legends now. I thought they started next week. Well, okay, that explains all the tweets. Yeah, I don't tell myself. My little baby. When Ari oh, was, is that when you were I held and, and Zari Taraz was talking to Zari Tomas. I held up Tomas for the... And I was like, look, that's you. And she did not care. She was not interested. He's a little kitty cat. She's big creepy. I, I have so many questions. About which? Where, where do we start? About Satana and blonde magicians and just all sorts of things. Well, people are like, oh, yeah, because there's a photo. Oh, did you see that really, did you, speaking of this semi-related, did you see Kevin Wada did a really nice Constantine pinup? I have seen it, yeah. It was really nice. That's all I wanted to say. Um, Continue. There was Nick Zano posted a photo of him getting his Italian-American full shoulder oh. tattoo covered up the, the, for the season. Uh, start Because, um, I mean, I don't understand why Nate couldn't have it. Nate could have it. Um, it makes sense. <laughs> it absolutely makes sense. To um, ask him to ask him to cover that up. But people noticed that there was a list of names on the mirror, and that Matt Ryan's name wasn't on it. And so people are like, "Is Matt Ryan not?" On? And I'm like, "He could just not be in that episode. He could have not been in that filming that day. He literally could just have not been on set that day. Yeah, that's, that's totally fine. Yeah, I mean, it's the season premiere, so Legends, Legends fans are really, really. Can I say something? Yeah. You know all those people who have always claimed to have inside knowledge who were positing every fucking season. You're subtweeting, subtweeting now, aren't you? That Mick. Oh, we're dying, dying. Yeah. Um, that Mick is going to like die or leave the show and stuff like, and that was like the. I never imagined that it would happen like this. The stab. That was the stab in the dark for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. 
I wish more than anything they had been right. I agree. For once, yeah. Because, like, you know what? And not to be bitter, not to be like, my ship was superior and without it, there is nothing. But, like, damn, they got rid of Maisie and Mick really fucking... Well, they didn't get rid of Maisie. Maisie got rid of them! I mean, seriously, Maisie did really... And Mick really fucking fell to pieces, didn't he? Oh, yeah. There is nothing. He is nothing without her. And I have never felt more vindicated in my fucking life. Because it's one of those things... Sorry. Let me try that again. Because it's one of those things where a character like Nick desperately needs... They actually used the word tropes in this. And I was like, don't. I literally just spent two days on TV tropes a couple weeks ago. Leave me the fuck alone. It will never be me. No. I mean, I spent a lot of time on TV tropes. Luke and Jolens again. Yeah, seriously. I, this is not something I'm proud of. Um, And it's definitely one of those bummers. It's admittedly one of the bummers. I look on it now, I'm like... I'm pretty sure it wasn't always this right wing. I probably would have noticed because like I, but like, it's a bummer. But in any case, um, not to use the trope term, but Mick needs a morality pet. He needs somebody around to remind him that he's a good person and give him something to bounce off of. And they can't decide like Ava and Mick's interaction this episode was actually very cute in certain parts, but it's like, but then half the time they can't fucking stand each other and they try to, like, in the first half of the season, they couldn't fucking, st- like, he couldn't stand her, really. And then that's Fine, never... It was just hormonal. It was, I, I... <laughs> and it was truly one of those things where it's like, you can't write this relationship consistently and he doesn't really have anyone to play off of as his morality pet right now. And so it just make and also they just really have not given him a lot to do this season and it's really a letdown. And, um... It, it it sucks, and it has really hampered his character, and I can see why Dominic might want to leave, because they're not really giving him a lot to do. Well, I can see why Dominic would be pissed also. Yeah. Also, because someone on One Tree Hill... Hold on, because my friend sent me a summary of a podcast episode, and I'm going to tell you what the podcast is, because I just had... And I know she sent this to me as a threat. Unzipped. Oh, God. Have you heard of this? No, not at all. Unzipped. I'm going to look up who the podcast is. My fucking garbage brain was like sticky fingers. And I was like, no. Okay, so Anna Lynn literally hosts this. Anna Lynn and her... I cannot believe in Anna Lynn's own podcast, she lists Dominic as her on-again, off-again partner. Oh my god. In the description. That is... That's painful. That is a level of shade I aspire to. That's genuinely incredible. We just just start doing that to Tim in the fucking episode description. (laughs) Rachel's on-again, off-again husband. (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, he's like, what, wait, what, does something happen? No. No, it's just funny. Um, they basically have him on to discuss, you know, his roles and then masculinity. And they're like, and his views on masculinity are like very different from like the brutish characters he plays. Where I'm like, would you not have gone on a rant like this if there were, if you had gotten surprised and pranked? I mean, truly. Because also like, they are we not thing- all God's children? And he left us in a hot car. But it truly is one of those things. Is Dominic Purcell not God's child that he left in the hottest car? I mean, yeah. God gives us hey. hottest cars to sexiest soldiers. I don't know what the fuck this means. I think- I, this is super not important, but I realize that I have to leave five minutes, so I have to ask. Did Dominic Purcell and his girlfriend interact in the episode that she was in? No, he was barely in it. I assume he was locking... I assume he locked himself face down in a closet. Yeah. That's fair. I would as well. Can I get one thing? Rude. Yeah, I know, it's so unfair. 
But like, it is a thing where it's like, I, I, I just, he got you pregnant. You got him pregnant. I am the reason he can feel love. We, we are not the, the same. same. <laughs> I will say I was kind of annoyed with like Lita's like sudden pregnancy. The sudden pregnancy thing. I get that they're trying. They I, just did it because they wanted Mick to be pregnant. And yeah. Kind of like, but why does Lita have to go through it? Yeah. But it's truly one of those things where it's like, I just like her boyfriend being deliberately kind of like, I'm like, why would you date a non-threatening feminist boy? Like, in that way of just when like... When Mick said you're some creep who's taking a woman... And I was like, finally, someone like, who gets it! I was like, actually, no, I am completely outsiding with Mick on this one. Um, this a is a real man. <laughs> also, I love that he went to go kill um, his daughter's baby daddy slash boyfriend. And he literally went, oh my god, you're Rebecca Silver, I'm a huge fan. And he just went, fuck. <laughs> Like, it's one of, I guess the joke is that he's actually kind of genuine, because I'm like, I can't, and that's the thing, is this is yeah. more like, right, I'm like, I can't tell if they meant for, like, the joke to be that they're super, lib, like, 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 left-wing air quotes kind of thing, where she's like, I'm vegan now, and, like, Nico's, and, like, if I met my boyfriend in, like, a women's studies intersection, and I'm like, am I supposed to be, is this it, are you treating this stuff like a joke, or are you just really bad at conveying the genuineness of it? I have no well, idea. Well, who wrote the episode. Some of these writers are a little bit heavier handed than others. I yeah, and that's the thing is this show is never subtle, so I can't tell if they're being like, I can't tell who the joke is on in that, or if there's even supposed to be a joke. And so I'm like, I guess is it me am I it? I mean, fundamentally, I'm like, yeah, I guess I'm the fucking joke now for still watching this goddamn show. We're all. I guess I'm the joke for technically having caused an embrace. something something. Those Wonderland lyrics is really truly where we're at, aren't we? Same. <laughs> Um, on that note i unfortunately have to depart into the wilderness as i no, have to wake okay. up we're glad you were glad you could listen to us talk about fucking bullshit for 20 minutes before we get no, to the this is good. and if people want romance wrecks you know where to find me because i have been I reading all do. Awesome. i need to read I've some of the dark a romance discord so there's so many books that you can read and if you want not hetero orgies then Kit Roca is the is the duo writer that you should be reading because I read all ten of their books in a day and did not sleep in December. It was great. Damn. So, okay. Send me send me a link. Shit. That's I awesome. will. I will. Thank you. thank you for having me. Always good to have you. We've yeah, missed you, you dearly. So thank you for coming back. Best of luck. We'll hopefully be back stuff. for the finale and probably Elliot. another episode because this summer yeah. is getting slightly less chaotic. So we'll see how this goes. Good. Fingers crossed. We're rooting for you. I am absolutely Bye. rooting for you. Bye. Do we have anything else we wanted to cover? I mean, God, how how long have we been doing this? Um, about an hour and a half. Hour, hour. It's about. Right. Well, do you have any thoughts? I think it's a good good time to be there. Yes. Thoughts. Um, open all ask, your doors. And sorry. Okay. I got an ask that absolutely fucking clocked me. That was like Zari two actually wants to go into the totem right now because she saw so much of herself in like Bayrod two. And was so, like, upset by that because she's like, is this what I'm like? Like, how do people like... Is this how he thinks of me kind yes. of thing? And, like, she needs that space right now. Yeah. And that's why, again, I really appreciate... Like, Nate is someone who remembers things about people. Yes. And if you know an Italian-American man, you know that's pure fantasy. Yeah, I mean, seriously. He's, remember how we talked about how the Christine Feehan books are like the fantasy of having a dangerous alpha leopard man, but he's so gentle with you and he loves you and he totally respects your consent and boundaries. And like, 
Sure. I mean, again, it's a goofy fantasy, but it's there. Nate is kind of in this, not necessarily, but the idea of the goofy Nick's fantasy. Nick's had a very tight pants this episode. Someone told me about, he's like, they were like, remember the eggplant emoji thing with Nate? And then also we could see his dick in the outline of his pants this week. And I was like, Good. looking at that and I was like, huh, yeah, you can. Yeah, you and can. it's not small. No, I actually noticed that too. I was like, oh, hey, dick. Nice. Um, and, and I hate that. And I hate that for us. I hate that. So, I hate that. I guess that being said, um, Omega Mick Alpha Maya. Maybe technically, yes. It's one of, and also I do want to clarify, like, it's one of those things where I guess in terms of closing thoughts. This episode was closing thought. I know we just did it. I know, like, I know. It's okay. It's okay. I, yeah. It's one of those things where it's like I do think this episode was very smart about certain things, and I just wish they would apply that level of thoughtfulness and intelligence to their characters. Tyron, we're getting you that promotion. We really are. And it's something where it's like, I did like a lot. Like, get this. There's some. Tell me who I have to kill, allegedly. Seriously. Um, Is it Phil? Because I'll do that for free. (laughs) Allegedly. Allegedly, and for For the purposes of comedy and entertainment. But, like, it is something where it's frustrating to see them just not give a shit about the things that really matter, especially when their actors are clearly giving their all to it. Like, Tala was selling so much of this episode in her interactions with Bayrod. I'm like, they could be the crux of the show if you let them, and you don't. And you should really think about why you're not letting them, because it's certainly not because they can't handle it. So it's maybe look inside yourself, writer's room. Maybe look inside yourself before you go and get yourself. And it's you know what? I want to say this as my final thought. It's yeah. not so much an M-Preg as it is an Ovipositic. Yeah, that's fair. And that's it. <laughs> All right. Good night, everybody. Oh, wait, wait, Patreon announcement. We're going to... All right, okay, so we're going to do a couple things. I mean, I guess we'll do the... What were we even saying we were going to do for a Patreon exclusive? I will have to look at... It doesn't matter. So we'll, we'll, we'll maybe do that, I guess, as a joke. But we are going to be going that. We really do want to set up a Patreon, and we mean it this time. Um... And we are going to be going back and reviewing the first season and a half that we didn't do. Yeah. Um, so if you've listened to us for, oh God, too many years, um, this will be your opportunity to binge on the backlog with us and listen to us talk about the show. And I guess it'll be kind of fun too with the rest of the show sort of providing context and we can sort of examine the first season and a half in like a new light because as we've discussed literally on this episode, there's that huge swing towards the third season where you're like, what the, f- oh, the show's completely different now. So it'll be really fun. I'm looking forward to it. Um, we're still figuring out how we're going to do content and subscription tiers and stuff like that. And if there's anything else you guys, you think you might want to hear, we might do Q and A's as Patreon exclusives or something like that. Um, but if nudes. anyone has, sure. Um, no, no nudes. <laughs> no, we would do that on, a, we would also switch to a better platform for nudes. You I can. mean, truly. And also because again, a lot of children listen to this and I don't have a way of actually filtering out. All right. There we go. Okay. All right. Can I have that? I got to paint my other foot. Yeah. Hold on. I'm almost in. You're good. It's a Teresi. A Teresi. No, that's the other one. Maybe the Tomaso. Do we want to play a game of Uno before we go to sleep? I want to teach you how to play Uno. Okay.